twice in a row? Uh, I can do it. Ooh, yeah, you do it. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to Podventures and Odyssey. I'm Emily. And I'm Tatiana. And this is part two. We're back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you haven't been gone too long. Because we sure haven't. We're we- recording these back to back. Yep. <laughs> Join us. Yeah, but I figured, I think breaking it up is a good idea, though. Just in case people like their Odyssey in bite-sized chunks. I mean, Odyssey kept them separate, after all. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say about this episode, is before we dive right into the plot, since we're pausing at the halfway mark, I feel like this is a good time to remark on the fact that episode one of this two-parter, maybe we should say the name of the two-parter again. A member of the family? Yeah. Just so that people... What if people tune into part two without tuning into part one? If you're tuning in now, please go back and listen to part one. <laughs> Not even going to give them the choice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. If you're doing this, the first one that you're listening to, you're doing it wrong. Do not do it. Go back. And then join us. You Welcome can, back. You can listen to these backwards if you want. I watched the second Jumanji movie before the first one. <gasps> Incredible. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But like me, you will just be very confused mm-hmm. because it picks up in the middle of a plot. Yeah, so don't do it. PSA. (laughs) Public service announcement. Okay, Um, so I've almost entirely derailed myself and what I was going to say about this. Let me think. I think I was going to say, so since we're pausing here, uh, it's worth remarking that part one of this story, which is just about Wit's grandson coming to visit, Monty, he's a bit of a brat. He goes through character change when Wit teaches him a lesson by having good boundaries and disciplining him. That in itself is one whole episode, and there's no real reason that this had to be a two-parter. But the fact that it is, it's like the writers kind of doubling down on this really difficult subject of family relationships and how messy they can be. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you heard us do this really challenging grandfather-grandson relationship, now get ready for father-daughter relationship. Oh yeah, it is very messy. and. This is the first time we really get a peek behind the curtain Mm -hmm. of what Wit's family life was like, because all we've had up to this point is his interactions with the kids at Wit's end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where he's sort of a, like, we'd call him, like, a Jesus figure. I feel like that's not, like, a crazy thing to say, especially in the context of this show, which is very explicitly Christian media. He often sort of stands in for what Jesus would do or say in a lot of situations. He models Christ. Yeah, the way that all Christians are called to. He's a wise man who loves the Lord. Mm -hmm. And loves the children that he looks after. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's so interesting that his family life is so fraught. Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, maybe we can call this act before we even get into the plot. The Mm -hmm. fact that it's interesting that this episode exists. The Monty one is interesting enough where Wit is kind of at a loss. Not entirely, but he does lose his temper with this kid. Which we really never see yeah. with the kids at Odyssey, or the kids. <laughs> with the kids at mm-hmm. Wit's End. Yeah, or Odyssey in general, sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's interesting enough by itself, but then for the second episode to go even deeper into the father-daughter relationship, and it's adult-father-adult-daughter, this episode kind of made me think, Partway through, I was like, this might be the episode that is the most adult. It is kind of about adults, and it's kind of for adults. 
Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's not for kids, but this whole show I was thinking I was like this might as well be for adults. Just this episode alone. Yeah, because the problems it explores are very specific to the adult experience of mm-hmm. like how do you continue to have a relationship with your children after they're grown up and mm-hmm. what does that look like? And where do these patterns of relating develop and how do we change them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only other thought that I had about that is something you and I have touched on earlier, which is it's interesting that this episode comes so early in Odyssey compared with a lot of other kids' media. Like we said, it kind of... A lot of, like, movie trilogies or, like, other kids' shows will almost grow up with the audience. So the first installment of some kids' trilogy will be very kiddish and then by the second and by the third installment all of a sudden they're going to deeper emotional depths and these characters who were goofy in the first movie suddenly they're addressing deep emotional and backstory issues in later films and it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the creators took something that they made and that they cared about and then they really interrogated it and went a level deeper and it's interesting that Odyssey is doing this kind of from the get-go. They're not waiting until their audience grows up. And they're not waiting until they've had deeper thoughts about this world that they've created. They're like, from the get-go, mm-hmm. seeing wit as flawed. I think it's a really important thing that they did it so early, too. Because mm-hmm. it helps kids to recognize that we all are human. And wit can kind of come across as perfect mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get to that Jana even points out oh heaven forbid that my father ever do anything that's less than perfect mm-hmm. wit is a very godly man and he behaves in very christ-like ways mm-hmm. but he is still human mm-hmm. and i think for the i think the writers made a conscious choice to portray that aspect mm-hmm. of him they must have on. and it's interesting because this is kind of the only episode of this type that we really get. I feel like we don't get very much more of this type of content until later on. This type of content being, like, difficult family relationships with wit. Yeah, we get that later. Much mm-hmm. later, I think. Yeah, and we'll get other families' struggles. But yeah, it is it is interesting coming from this character. And what's interesting for my experience of Odyssey also, since this is a re-listen podcast, mm-hmm. is that this episode wasn't one of the classics. Like, it's not in the Classics album, so I didn't grow up with it. Um, Yeah, I came to it much later, like, in high school, probably. So compared with episodes that I grew up with, which are mostly all of the Connie ones, and the Connie-Wit relationship is also similar to a father-daughter relationship, but a much less fraught relationship. Yeah, there there are still issues between them, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's not the same sort of issues that he has with Janna. Yeah, because Janna's his real daughter and they have real history. Like, they have a lot of history to work through. Um, So I find it interesting because when we listened to this episode last year, I was like, I did not enjoy it. I didn't like it. I knew it was well done, but it was honestly painful. I feel like there are just, as you grow up and you encounter different relationships and um, you just have more of a context for the kinds of pain that different family members can experience and the kind of patterns that can develop Mm -hmm. and it's not just like from personal experience but I just feel like as you grow the older you grow and the more people you know especially the more people that you know as adults and being all adults together 
it's almost more real. You know what I mean? Like these listening to this episode and listening to the types of conflict, it's yeah, it just hits closer to home, I guess. Yeah. Their argument in the beginning of this episode, which I wonder if we should go ahead and get into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, let's go for it. I felt it was difficult to listen to because I didn't see a clear way out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, a conflict that can really be resolved, maybe because it escalates. So we're we're in a point where Jana has come to pick up Monty, and Monty has lied to her. Her son told her all these bad things about Wit, and now Wit takes her aside and off-screen basically tells her everything, catches her up to date with everything that we heard in the first half of the episode. And Jana is crying, and she's saying he... Uh, says that you love him more than I do, and Wit kind of plays it down as just kid talk, which I think right, yeah, that's what I wrote in my the first mm-hmm. kind of red flag in my mind of like, up to this point, Wit never downplays what kids say or do mm-hmm. or how people feel. Yeah. yeah, what I wrote down was that uh, I just wrote down the kid talk in the context of a divorce, saying like, oh, you know, kids will say these things is true. But it's not really recognizing the situation that Jana is saying this in, in which I'm sure that's extremely painful. Like, in a divorce, we've already got this really difficult relationship, and then I know that it's got to be hard with kids, especially I'm imagining Monty, like, being able to play his parents off of each other. I don't know if he would do that, but it's, like, the kind of thing where I feel like you as a parent, like, you worry, like, oh, what if my kids prefer the other parent and all of these Mm-hmm. anxieties about your own capacity and like oh I wasn't able to sustain this marriage am I even a good mother yeah so wit is failing to address the pain that Jana is probably experiencing right then in feeling inadequate as a mother and it's it's hard to hear that coming from wit mm-hmm. but also understandable knowing that his own family is such a blind spot for him yeah which we know because it will be mentioned later in the episode but up up in this in this scene, yeah, it's like it's so weird. You're like, wit, why can't you do your magical wit thing where you just say the right thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You you wish that he would. Um, but he just can't. Yeah, and he consistently says the wrong thing throughout the conversation. It's mm-hmm. just it keeps escalating. Yeah, yeah. It, it they they bounce back and forth and it feels it feels very believable in the sense that it feels like a pattern of conflict. Mm-hmm. And Jana, I think she calls him out for saying like, "Oh, you don't think I'm a good mother." And he denies it, right? Or is that in a later scene? Um that that's the same scene, but earlier she says you hit Monty. Okay, yeah. So here's where we promised in the first episode that we're going to chit-chat about probably what is like a major issue for like a lot of people in this episode is the the spanking yeah wit spanks monty in uh episode one and it has a really good effect episode one part one um you know you you all knew what i meant so and it has it has the right effect on him it sobers him and it realize it makes monty realize that he needs to change yeah, it kind of brings him to a point where he realizes there are consequences for his actions, mm-hmm. and it puts him in a place where he can be receptive to the kind of teaching that Wit is trying to do, mm-hmm. and kind of instructing him in being a better person. Mm-hmm. So, and this is is weird for us to talk about because we are 
young adults with no kids, and we're living in the year 2020 where there's... The general opinion on spanking has changed a lot since the 80s, I will say. I feel like that's safe to say. I think so. Yeah, corporal punishment, I think, has been a part of probably 99.9% of the world's cultures from day one, Mm -hmm. don't you think? I feel like that's not like a crazy anthropological statement. Yeah, and I mean, I I grew up with it. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. That's just a statement of fact. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I was spanked once, and and it also had a good effect on me, at least in the time, for, for all that I remember. I was really little. And actually, I have a psychology degree, and from what I learned in developmental psychology is that it actually is effective up to a certain age, or not. That's a weird way to put it. This is why it's so hard to talk about. Because it's so incredibly personal to people. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you condemn it, then you're condemning a lot of people's parents. And a lot of people will say, well, I was spanked and I turned out fine. And Wit makes that argument um, about Jana. Like, oh, well, it you know, you and your brothers turned out just fine. Yeah, because she says, you know how I feel about that. And mm-hmm. his defense is, well, I did it and it worked. Yeah, and I feel like that's how a lot of people address it. So if you condemn it, then that is, it's it's just so personal to a lot of people because it directly addresses their own family situation, decisions that their parents made and decisions that they themselves have made. And then if you don't condemn it, I guess it is in the modern day, people will argue there is just a better way, it's not necessary, or people will argue up to the degree that it's child abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so incredibly sticky on either side of that discussion. Yeah, it's kind of a difficult topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to say regarding uh, what I learned in psychology, which I should actually mention now that I think about it, it wasn't developmental psychology. It was actually psychology of learning. What we learned in that class regarding corporal punishment and children is that it is sometimes the necessary and only effective way if the child is not rational. So if you're like two years old or younger and you're not able to comprehend, don't touch this, it will harm you, you kind of have to teach that child by spanking them, which is not really harmful to them, but it does teach them in the most basic way that they're able to understand because they cannot comprehend you explaining it to them. But they will understand this results in pain. Yeah, exactly. And you're basically preempting that pain by giving them something that teaches that response without doing lasting harm. Yeah, without harming them. Hurting without harming. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, the I think where we get into sticky situations is when corporal punishment is used as an excuse for abuse, mm-hmm. as opposed to being used in its originally intended context, mm-hmm. which is to teach children boundaries mm-hmm. and also teach them how to respond to uh, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, no, no. I feel like yeah, that kind of that kind of gets there. Um, I guess we just, we don't have answers on this is maybe the bottom line. Yeah, it's like, did Wit make the right call? Clearly it ended in the right results. Yeah. But was it right to go against his daughter's 
wishes? Or was it possible to get the same result without corporal punishment? Right. Um, I think that would be the argument of most parenting schools of thought nowadays, is that you can you can do it another way. And I guess as far as it goes for Christians, there is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And probably a lot of great Christian parenting books to read on it, too. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts about it? <laughs> I don't know. I knew that this was going to be really hard to talk about, just I because, know. for all the reasons that we've said already. Just reiterate, we're not parents, so mm-hmm. we're coming at this from the perspective of people who have been children but never parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> Dis- disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> okay and um yeah i guess i guess we have it really comes down to intent and that's something that only the parent can know their own intent and the fact that the parents will know what their intent is but the child won't always necessarily which is why i felt it was important that wit came and talked to monty after the fact and asked him do you understand why yeah and they had that conversation so that monty knew what the intent was and that the intent was for uh, good ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after that is the part where Jana says that Wit called her a bad mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's saying, "Well, that's what you're. That's what you mean, essentially, mm-hmm. is that I'm a bad mother." And Wit, I'm sure he protests, right? Yeah, he he apologizes for choosing his words poorly, mm-hmm. which to me sounds like him still trying to protect himself yeah rather than admitting i'm sorry yeah it's not the greatest it's not the greatest way to apologize and it's clearly kind of in the moment where he he has an alternate goal like he's trying to continue the conversation but um to really apologize you kind of have to stop and really apologize and recognize that that's where Jana is at emotionally but he's uh, like too goal oriented to actually really stop and recognize how he has made her feel Mm -hmm. because it's like such a painful thing to feel like your dad doesn't think you're a good mom yeah yeah so yeah so he misses the mark on that one how does this scene wrap up uh she says that she's gonna rent a hotel and then they'll Mm -hmm. leave in the morning Mm -hmm. and wit immediately turns around is like oh you don't have to do that you can stay here Mm -hmm. and she's like no (laughs) yeah she just flat out refuses she's not gonna stay at his house then we've got a conversation between Tom and Wit that's really good and kind of eye-opening. Tom sort of very gently and in a really loving way presses Wit on these issues of like, you're so good with other people's kids. And like, w- what is happening like with you and Jana and Monty? Mm-hmm. And Wit, honestly, like he, he actually kind of does get riled up because he, he's like, I don't know what it is. I just, I feel like... I just say hello, and she'll just bite my head off, and this is how it's always been, this, like, weird conflict, and I just can't figure out what's going on. And Tom presses the issue, like, well, what could have caused this? And Wit snaps at him, like, if I knew, then it wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. And then they both apologize to each other. Yeah. It's really great acting. It is really great. Yeah, it's 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 a touchy subject, but then Wit kind of gets down to the heart of it and admits that... When it comes to his own family, he is fresh out of ideas. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess we refer to it as a blind spot. I feel like they might refer to it that way in later episodes. I'm not sure. Maybe. Unless it's just a term that we came up yeah, with. Yeah, we might. We refer to it as just the fact that Wit's got a blind spot when it comes to his own family. is so easy. And it's. I feel like that's very relatable. Just like you can give other people great advice and then when it comes to your own life, it'll be like, what do I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like everybody can kind of relate to that to a degree. You um, have sort of the outsider's perspective for other mm-hmm. people's lives, but you can't really achieve the distance you need in your own life. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it's important that Wit has Tom there to talk to him about it. Yeah, kind of bounces it uh, back and forth. So it's a good way to do exposition. So we learn this about Wit. And then in the next scene, we've got Jana coming to pick up Monty in the morning. Monty is upstairs packing. And Wit has clearly come in with a plan to have, like, a great conversation with Jana. Like, he is coming in being like, oh, like, come in. And he's, like, doing his best to be, like, very nice and neutral. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm not starting anything. This is going to be fine. I'll just introduce what I want to talk about and we'll be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like his tone is nice and normal. Yeah. And then it just escalates. And I honestly don't remember how, but I wrote down conflict patterns because it just escalates out of nowhere and they're right back to where they were, kind of biting each other's heads off. Yeah. I think Jana doesn't respond in the way that he was hoping and that gets him riled. Mm -hmm. And then she says that she's tired of Wit passing judgment on her, Mm -hmm. criticizing her for getting a divorce and criticizing her for how she takes care of her son. Mm -hmm. And... At that point, I was listening more than taking notes, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like this... Is this also the conversation in which they drop the spanking thing? Because that might come later. But they eventually do, which is something that's really good to do in con- in a conflict, is to try to recognize what the conflict is about. So I think he asked her, is this about me spanking Monty? And she's like, no, it's about this other thing. It's about you always criticizing me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we don't have to argue our beliefs on this thing that we disagree about. At the end of the day, we're trying to get to the heart of things. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I think in this conversation, though, Wit is frustrated because he has come in with the goal of figuring out why there's always conflict. Mm-hmm. And instead of being able to do that, they have conflict. Yeah. Uh, and I just have here a quote where Jenna says, far be it from my father to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what context that was in, but I wrote it mm-hmm. down and I was like, that I think encapsulates her whole kind of perspective on wit. Mm-hmm. It seems to be how she feels. So all of this gets interrupted though when they realize that Monty isn't here. He should have been coming down the stairs. And instead, they go, they try to find him. He's missing. They go to the police. The police have him. He went to Wit's End and broke a window. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they pick him up and they take him back home. And that, that's pretty much that whole scene. It's kind of like a little interlude, but an important one. And then um, Wit wants to go in and talk to him with Jana. And Jana is like, no, I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah. Which. You get it at this point, right? Like, it makes sense that she feels this way. Is that what you're going to say? Or what are you going to say about it? Uh, Just that it... It feels like Wit 
trying to take over her job for her. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I, it's like I, I do get where she is coming at, where she feels like, oh, you think you can do it better than me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that the whole like parenting struggle thing where she feels like he doesn't think she's a good mom. So him wanting to parent Monty is kind of painful in this context. Mm-hmm. So she goes in and starts having a conversation with Monty and you know, he's, I don't know why I broke it. I just felt like it. And admits, though, that he did it because he heard them fighting and it's hard on him because he's just gone through a lot of his parents fighting during the divorce and everything. Yeah. Um, Can't blame him for that. So it's another instance of where it's understandable why he's acting out, but he doesn't get a free pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, I have a note here that I forgot. Uh, His mom comes in and... And trying to get him to talk to her, she says, we're friends, right? I... Did you write a note I about that? I wrote a note about that, oh, too. okay, interesting. Let's mini cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. talk about that. She said, I thought we were friends. Mm-hmm. We are friends, aren't we? Which, this is another parenting thing. Yeah, it's like another sticky parenting thing where we can only talk about it as children who have been raised by parents mm-hmm. <laughs> and who are now adults without kids of our own, but... I feel like that is not an uncommon thing, and I feel like it's more... It puts a lot of pressure on the child to be unequal with an adult who has more agency. And more authority. I know, that's kind of what I was about to say. It's like your boss coming in and saying, we're friends, aren't we? Yeah, and it's like you... It doesn't recognize the fact that a friendship is just fundamentally different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you you put it as putting pressure on the kid. I've never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Um, But yeah, a friendship is inherently an equal relationship, Mm -hmm. and a parent-child relationship, at least until the child is an adult, is kind of inherently not equal by its nature, like in a good way. Yeah, it's... It's one of those instances where the parent is responsible for the child and mm-hmm. the child's actions, and friendship implies that they are equally responsible for their own actions, but mm-hmm. not responsible for each other's for each actions. Other's actions. Mm-hmm. And it kind of explains a lot of what happened in part one of Monty mm. behaving as though he is equal with wit. Yeah, that actually does come to think of it. If he's treated as equal and if all of the, like, mother-son relationship has kind of been negotiated on those terms, where it's not like she has never tried to discipline him, but maybe everything was more of a discussion and an argument that she had to win rather than a I am the parent and I say so kind of thing. Mm -hmm. As frustrating as that is for kids to hear, that is a legitimate answer. Yeah. A lot of the time, especially, like, the younger the kid is... It's like you hope that you don't have to say that, but sometimes you do. Yeah, because when you're a kid, you don't necessarily have all the pieces. You don't have the full picture. And of course, my younger self is going, but, 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 but you don't have the full picture. You don't have the life experience to know what is good and what is bad for you. And I can't help but feel like that is... It's helpful to kind of dwell on and spend time thinking about that kind of relationship and that that is how we relate to God in a certain sense Mm -hmm. because there are so many things that I don't understand and I don't think I ever will about why is this wrong and why is this right in just like a general sense. 
And the Bible doesn't give us all the answers. The Bible just gives us what we need to know, which is that God is good and God loves us. And God has the answers. Mm-hmm. And we do get a lot of answers. Yeah, we do. But I think the fact that the answers aren't in there maybe tell us that we don't need to know them. But what we do need to know is that we can trust God. So In a similar way, the parent-child relationship kind of models how that sort of love acts in the best interest of the one being taken care of, mm-hmm. even when that person doesn't understand everything that is um, being considered in the decisions made on their behalf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or in the rules that have been designed for them to follow. Mm-hmm. I said that very uneloquently, but (laughs) you get what I mean. Yeah. I think also, um, if I think it just maybe that um, it becomes easier and more appropriate to think of your relationship with your kid as being a friendship, like in certain contexts, especially like the older the kid gets, Mm -hmm. to be like, we're friends. As they gain more autonomy Mm -hmm. and more freedom. I can't help but feel like also that parents maybe want that because they see that their kids have a closer relationship with their friends or like a more intimate emotional relationship. And the parent feels like I want to have that kind of closeness with my kid. And maybe the only way to get it is by being cool and being fun and being their friend. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it is kids want their parents like kids want good parents too yeah how how kids treat their parents varies I mean I've pretty much I've had a good relationship with my parents my whole life I've been really blessed yeah likewise and um so like I can't really speak to like ups and downs and rocky relationships with parents but I'm just thinking like Like, I needed them, and I still need them, and I don't just need them to be my friends. Like, I needed them to be my parents. Like, I needed a dad. I need a mom, you know? Like, when I was a kid, I did not need these two adults to be my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And we had tons of fun together, but, you know, I needed parenting. It's like, you need someone that you can go to and rely on in a capacity that you wouldn't go to a friend for. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, I'm glad that you wrote that down, too, because I thought it was interesting and worth touching on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see. And I guess that's not to, like, condemn parents who are like, we're friends, we're pals, you're my little buddy, like, that kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I think there is, like, a, a way. Yeah, there's a way to do it, but maybe it's just something, maybe it's food for thought for some people. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, and I find it interesting also, now, continuing on with the plot, as we come into this with Gianna feeling um, hurt by Wit wanting to parent, and she's having this conversation with Monty that's not really going anywhere, like it's also kind of escalating in conflict, and then mm-hmm. Wit does come in and actually manages to de-escalate the conflict for once. Yeah, and he's doing it in a way that backs up Gianna. Yeah, I think that was the major important factor. Because at first I was like, oh, he's doing what she asked him not to do, which is interfere right now. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. But when, at the end, they have Monty go and probably bring his stuff to the car or whatever, and then Wit and Jana have a talk and she thanks him for backing her up. Yeah. Because he he tells Monty, your parents, however the divorce made you feel, you've got to know that they tried really hard. 
to make it work and they love you and they would, you know, your mom would do anything for you. That's the way that she loves you. Affirming all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess this is the, the, in the first episode of, um, boy, I gotta stop calling it that. In last episode, in the first part of this two part, <laughs> in the in in um, in part one, in part one, <laughs> thank you. There was a phrase <laughs> that encapsulated what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. So in part one of this episode, the fact that you can you can tell that Wit goes and does a lot of thinking and praying about things. That he's yeah. not just addressing things as they come up. Like he's actually taking things in mind and spending time on them. So he had a really rough day with Gianna the day before, and then this morning, it started off rough, but now we get to a point where we hear that Wit has actually done some thinking about their relationship overnight. Yeah, and I kind of have to imagine that a lot of the questions that Tom prompted him with Mm -hmm. served to help him find the answers he was looking Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. Yeah, in his prayers. Good friendships. And so he decides to take advantage of this moment when they aren't fighting and no one's escalating a conflict Mm -hmm. to sort of tell her, like, here's why I wasn't basically the father you needed. Yeah. He's just, he's like, here's something that I've recognized about our family history. And in a nutshell, it is that he had two sons, Jerry and Jason and then Jana. So Jerry uh, died in the Vietnam War, and Jason was just a little younger and almost draft age. So right during that time, after Jerry died, Witt spent a lot of time with Jason, partly as a means of coping because he was so scared of losing him, mm-hmm. just in case Jason got drafted. And also he picked them up and moved them to Odyssey. Oh, he moved them right after that? Yeah. So major family change, which is difficult even in the best of times. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he just he kind of poured a lot into Jason during that time, and he said it was right when also Jana was becoming like an activist, an anti-war activist, and she was like a fourteen-year-old, and mm-hmm. and she, did you say Jason handled everything better, or she handled everything better? Uh, Jason seemed to be handling everything really well mm-hmm. because Jana became the activist, mm-hmm. and his wife became a volunteer. Yeah, everybody kind of poured themselves into something, and Wit said he he couldn't work. Like, he felt like everything lost meaning. Mm-hmm. He couldn't pour himself into anything. He poured himself into Jason. Yeah. Just because, um, kind of understandably, it's pretty crushing. This whole episode also, like, this is the part in the episode where you start crying, and then even more so later on. Yeah. Oh, gosh, both parts of this two-parter make me cry. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so he says, so I feel like you just, you fell by the wayside and then, like, I, you know, I look up decades later, you're an adult and there's, like, a wedge between us and I, like, don't even know what happened. Like, we just grew apart before I even knew it had happened. And he regrets that he wasn't ever able to close the gap. Mm-hmm. And Jana admits that she thought he just didn't like girls. I know, so sad. <laughs> no, I'm like, Super, oh. super sad. And then they have sort of a what now moment. Mm-hmm. And Wit admits he doesn't know, but he wants to spend more time together. Yeah. And then Janice says, there's one thing you can do. And this is the part where you really cry. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 
pretends that she wants a hug and he says i've given you a hug or she says something you haven't done like since, since before jerry died yeah he said i want a hug he says well i've hugged you and she says no i want a real hug and then everyone with a heart does have not a dry eye in the audience <laughs> Because they hug each other, and it's like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great A audio, everybody. Yeah. Wit does, at some point, get a little bit of head of, ahead of himself, and he's like, there's a bank here. You can come and work yeah. here and just live and close yeah, by. Yeah, move back to Odyssey. It's kind of precious. Yeah. And he doesn't go too overboard. She says, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And he says, just a thought. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not getting pushy or anything. No. And then, uh... uh what happens after that? I think it ends with their hug. It ends with their hug. I think, doesn't Monty come in and say... Oh! They establish that they might be able to visit later in the summer. Because right. she's going to have Monty work to pay for that window he broke. Yep. He's going to work. And mm-hmm. if he's done a good job at the end of it, she'll take some vacation time. And her and both of the kids will come back and visit Wit mm-hmm. in Odyssey. And and they've got a place to stay, and Wit says, "Oh, this is an, it's an exclusive place. You gotta know someone to make a reservation." <laughs> and Monty says, "I know you. Does that count?" And everybody laughs. Against all odds, this is an everybody laughs episode. It is. I wrote that down because I was so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah, it was totally an everybody laughs episode. Yeah, so that happens, and then what I wrote down was what Chris said Mm, at mm -hmm. the end, because I thought it was very good. I wrote down, Chris at last! Yeah, Chris at last. Because we haven't heard from her so far. Yeah, and that was the point at which I realized, wait, did we have a Chris opening? Sure didn't. No, we didn't. And so she closes the episode with, Healing from emotional wounds takes time. Sometimes our pride gets in the way, and we don't want to admit we've been wronged. Wrong or hurt. Mm-hmm. And she says more stuff, but that I was like, wow. Yeah, this is, like, a very good way to encapsulate that. And it seems very, like, it seems very adult, but it's, it's good to just say these things to kids with no qualifiers and no, I don't know, no modifiers. It's just straight up true. Mm-hmm. And it's the sort of lesson that I think is applicable to all ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no matter how complicated or uncomplicated your family relationships Emotional healing does take time. Mm-hmm. So is it final thoughts time? Yeah, final thoughts. Gosh, do you have any? We kind of discussed a lot already. I know. Now that we do so much discussion during the episode, I, I don't know if I have anywhere else to, like, pit stop on it. We didn't even look up discussion questions. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's... Uh, we've probably talked about them. Probably. Although there's sometimes there are surprises. You never know what's in those discussion questions on the Odyssey Wiki. Oh, ha ah, I have one final thought, at oh. least, oh, which is you? a note that I wrote down, <laughs> which was to- tonally inappropriate, but, um, so Wit is concerned, he-, he admits that he was concerned about Jason. Now, Jason is a character that we have not met in Odyssey up to this point, oh. but he's like, I was worried that Jason would get called to the draft and that I would lose him too, and I wrote down in my notes, Jason then goes on to be the most Mission Impossible gung-ho thrill-seeking action hero in all of Odyssey. It's true. <laughs> yes. Spoilers if you have not listened to Odyssey, but you should have, and so you should know. 
<laughs> that it is kind of amusing. It's not meant to be amusing, but now that we know Jason as a character, it is kind of amusing that Wit would be afraid of him going off to war, and it's like, and then Jason went off to be a spy instead. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Where he constantly puts himself in danger. Risks life and limb on a daily basis. Yeah, and loves it. Mm-hmm. Jason just loves being Jason. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, that was definitely a thought that I had to share. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I kind of had that thought in the back of my mind mm-hmm. as he was talking about Jason. And I was like, of course Jason handled it the best of all of them. Yeah. He's the sort to roll with the punches. Other than that, I feel like I've said everything that I had thought, at least that I wrote down in my notes. Yeah, I guess overarching thoughts, just that this episode kind of stands apart from most of the rest of Odyssey, if not all of the rest of Odyssey, just by its nature as being so... Like, it doesn't feel like it's for kids. And I don't mean, like, that it's inappropriate. I just mean, like, it feels like it's written for the parents in the audience, or the adults. Yeah. Like, I was just imagining listening to this episode as a kid and being like, I'm uncomfortable with why is Wit being angry and I'm bored because nothing is happening. I know, neither of us listened to this episode or these mm-hmm. this two-parter growing up, so I have no context mm-hmm. to understand what these episodes what would, would be, like. be like for a kid to listen to. I feel like I also, I shouldn't sell kids short, though, because kids do like drama and they do understand more than I give them credit for. <laughs> I mean, I liked stuff as a kid. I liked relationship drama. Yeah. I mean, kids have context for it. Probably they experience plenty of stuff firsthand anyway. Oh, yeah. So. I think you just start to understand more of the nuances as you grow up. Oh, gosh. You know what else I had? I just remembered that I didn't mention in my notes. What? Um, You're looking at your notes. I'm looking because I can't find where I wrote it down. I know that I wrote this note, but I don't remember exactly what it is. Okay, but I will tell you the the essence of it was there is a point, I think, where Jana and Wit first talk. The music that they use is the same music that Odyssey uses in one of their, like, murder mystery episodes. What? So for me, that music is, like, the Odyssey horror music. And it's not like there's actual, like, horror content in Odyssey, but it's the one episode, it's, like, the episodes as a kid that, like, creep you out in a good way. And it's, like... (laughs) So when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm getting real scared. I think they're just gonna have a conversation, but I feel like they're about to find a body. (laughs) Talk about tonally dissonant. I know. It's just, they're they're just trying to set up the fact that this is about to be a fraught conversation. But in my mind, I was like, this is bad music. So anyway, that was funny. I think that about wraps it. So let's sign off in our great sign off way that we do. (laughs) You just looked at me like that's not a thing. I mean, we have a sign-off. I know. And it's great. You just looked at me that way because this is not part of the sign-off at all. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh, boy, I feel like now I can't do it. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this adventure. Wow, I can't even do it. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us on today's Podventure and Odyssey. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye.
down goes the bird on the window. <laughs> Just on the windowsill. On the awning, I think. Yeah. <laughs>